Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. Oh, Megan, so good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, we're so overjoyed, overwhelmed, got goosebumps head to toe today. All right. Well, let's say why. On the day that we are recording this podcast, episode number 81 of Shoulder to Shoulder, it has been confirmed that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs decision no longer is abortion considered a constitutional right in this nation? Praise be to God. God. Thank you, Jesus. How he is overjoyed. He and his blessed mother both on the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus. Yes. Oh, not, not my just mercy. The, feast, the solemnity That's right. of the sacred heart of Jesus Christ, our Lord. What better day for this to happen? On the day where we recognize the pierced heart of the mm, Lord mm. that shows us the depths of his love for us, the, the lengths he is willing to go for love of his people, he has said, I will give you a sign of my heart, who I love, the vulnerable, the weak, the hidden he loves them even unto death. And on this day, he has shown his love in our nation. And may this be the beginning of a tidal wave, a tidal wave of understanding of the dignity of human life from conception until natural death. And the reality that a human soul is eternal and precious to God and always in his sight. And human beings have no right to murder any human life, especially those most vulnerable. Most vulnerable. Mm. It's unbelievable. I've got I've got goosebumps head to toe, Megan. She she came in the studio today, and we were like, you, we were like we we're out on the football field doing the high <laughs> high fives and jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's such a it is to me this moment of unity in the sense that. It seems to me that any faithful lover of the Lord who understands his heart should be rejoicing on this day and that if we should be united in that rejoicing. So I reach out in my heart to all the faithful Christians on every denomination, mm-hmm. every walk of you know life that have prayed for this day yes. that have sacrificed for this day, who have fought for this day. We honor that. Yes. And it's so beautiful that the plan that we had today for what we were going to speak about was a start a two part series on patience. And today we're going to talk about patience with the Lord and what a better day to, to, kind of unpack the idea that sometimes we have to be willing to wait on the Lord for the answer to our prayers or for understanding. And this is a beautiful example of since the 70s, when Roe versus Wade first came down, people have been longing for this day, praying for this day, waiting for this day. And there, I'm sure there are many who lost hope that they would ever right. see it. And I, certainly didn't think they were going to see it in this day and age when right. everything seems to be going crazy on the moral landscape. Backwards. Everything's backwards. Right. So, and yet, in that, in the impatience, endurance 
of so many faithful souls, the Lord has given us a sign of his love and has said, I have heard you and I have answered your prayer. In fact, I one of the um, verses that I was going to uh, bring into our conversation today there's a number of, there's tons of verses about patience in, in the Bible, and Psalms often has ones, and I think one of the most succinct ones, Psalm 40, first verse of Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Mm. Beautiful. He has heard the cry of his people and answered today in the decision of our Supreme Court, I hear you, I see you, I love you, and I have not abandoned you on this, and I will not abandon you. Is there still more work to do? Yes, but today is a day of consolation. Let us all be rejoicing. Amen. I think I'm going to have ice cream today. Uh, can we go together? Yes, All right. After this, okay. ice cream for ice Pam cream. and Megan. We That's have right. to decide which place we're going to go. <laughs> One with many toppings. <laughs> All right. So what? it's almost hard to like even just get together to like be, you know, somehow. Yeah, it's well, very overwhelming because it's been, uh, yeah. a, I mean, the way I've seen it over these last, you know, most of my lifetime was a tsunami of death, honestly. Yeah. And that tsunami is now receding and so i was telling megan off the air oh my goodness the way that life is going to bloom and blossom within the united states after this reversal i long to see with my eyes just the beauty that is going to start to just grow like you know that verdant pasture again or that flower garden that just begins to bloom with all these children that have been missed for so long. Yeah, it is, it's beautiful that you bring that analogy in because today at the Mass, the readings for this Solemnity of Christ's Sacred Heart are all the pastoral readings. They're all about, they, there's a reading from Ezekiel and, and Psalm um the, you know, the, the famous, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. And then from... Um, all the readings are about Christ being the shepherd and he bring his children back to verdant fields. He will guide him. He will seek out the lost sheep of Israel and bring them back mm. into that place of, of life and verdant fields. And so I think this place that we're, we're, we're like you said, that the tsunami came in and there were just kept swelling and swelling and swelling and everything. And now maybe we're going to start, we're going to start to see these waters recede. Right. right. Yeah. But it's not just about the numbers of abortions that happen in this United States. It's about the change of attitude, an understanding of the dignity of human life, Amen. which is going to start to change. And we're going to start to recapture what it is to be children of God created in his likeness and his image, precious in his sight. That's one of the things that we sometimes I think don't think enough about is it's not just about what abortion did to the unborn. It's what it did to the minds and hearts of our people that started to think that our own, you know, personal temporal desires are more important than the lives of, of children. Right. That pride, that absolute, you know, the sin of Satan, the pride to think that uh, I'm, I'm control of my own destiny. I'm going to have it this way and articulate it down to the nth degree so much so that you could kill your unborn child. Yeah. It, it, it just blows my mind. Well, and I think 
you know, if we're going to get to that topic of patience, which we want to talk about today, it really is, it stands in contrast to the idea of patience because what abortion is, is expediency. It says, I'm not going to be patient with what's happening in my life as far as going and allowing this pregnancy to become to term and then either deciding that I'm, you know, I'm going to call be called to keep this child and raise it, or I'm going to be called to give it up for adoption and allow another family to have the blessing of raising this precious life. No, it says, I want the, I want the answer right now. I want the problem to go away right now. Right. right? right. And, but that's not patience. Which is, you know, it's funny, the idea that patience is a virtue, like, obviously, that's a phrase that we all have heard. And so I think a lot of people think it's in the Bible. It actually isn't in the Bible. So I I looked it up in preparation for um, this uh, podcast, and it came about uh, in a writing of a a medieval times poet uh, named William Langlin, and it was in a poem called Piers Plowman. And it's like in the... 1300s, like the first time that it ever came up. But this idea of patience as being virtuous is certainly very biblical. Yes. Right. And I was trying to think about how, you know, how we have, you know, the cardinal virtues that counteract the deadly sins. Sometimes patience is on that list and sometimes it's not. There's like different versions of it. Mm. But when I think about patience, it really has elements of, I think, two things, two big ones. Okay. Meekness and mm. fortitude. And these oh. two things seem to stand contrast to each other, but they're actually not. They're very no, much I agree. ordered towards each other, right? Yes. Because if you actually look at the root of the word patience, it's, 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 it finds its root in Latin. And there is a Latin word, paciencia, which just, you know, is patience. But it comes from a verb that means almost two things. It means, and I, I and I looked it up just to make sure, because I did actually remember that Patior in particular had a sense of suffering. Mm. And, it, and it does. There's two kind of meanings of it. Bearing, supporting, enduring, suffering. And tolerance kind of comes in there too tolerating something but it also means firm unyielding hard oh. and so often when we think about oh well you just you just need to be patient you know we think of it as a as a very like um, soft soft yeah. and, and, and you know submissive kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but true patience has a willingness to endure a suffering in the short term yes. for the hope and conviction of a greater blessing in the future. So it in in order to do that, you have to exhibit the meekness of the moment that says, I don't need to lash out. I don't need to act. I don't need to force something now. Be And the fortitude to endure the suffering that it is sometimes to hold back or have to go through circumstances that are difficult than not what you want in the moment in order to achieve the hope of something greater. Yes. That's a lot. It is. That's, you know? That is strength. That's a deep interior strength. And, you know, there was one other virtue that's still related to this as well, because when you think about overcoming pride, 
you think about humility, but you can't be humble without all these virtues we've just talked about, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was another um, verse that stuck out to me when I was kind of looking up verses regarding patience is Jesus is talking once um, to his disciples and he says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. And I think that really speaks to patience as a fruit of trust mm, in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can be patient in a circumstance that's not what you think is ideal because you trust the Lord is doing something that you can't understand right now. Yes. And it, it, it kind of reminds me, you know, we just in last episode, last couple episodes that posted, we talked about the situation with your granddaughter, Rosie, and how, you know, it was touch and go. And, you know, you didn't know if she was going to live or if she was going to die. And you had prayed so hard for a healthy delivery and a healthy grandbaby. And it seemed like that's not what you were getting. Right. And an impatience in that situation could lead very easily to despair right well you know you are tempted to it you are definitely tempted to it because it's 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 really it's very painful because you know i I always try to go back to the whole thing is we don't understand the mind of god Mm -hmm. and that's what lends itself to being more patient with our um, our situations our circumstances is when we you know we have to believe i believe that all things work for good for those who love the lord Mm -hmm. and I believe that. And if I do, I must trust in whatever he decides to bring upon our families. Right. And one of the, you know, that is an often repeated, you know, verse from St. Paul. And, but one of the things that we have to be very aware of is that sometimes we get too caught up in our own ideas about what is good. Mm -hmm. You know, we think in order to be, for me to consider it good, it has to look like this. Right. You know, well, and I think Megan, this culture tells us that suffering bad, suffering bad. But we know as as Catholics and people of faith in general, the suffering is a very um, beautiful part, especially like, say, in a a love relationship and in a a marriage. Um, There's beautiful suffering that goes Mm -hmm. through. It's like, you know, biting your tongue (laughs) when you feel snarky or whatever. Uh There's a certain amount of suffering that we do to raise children. Sure, absolutely. All those kinds of things. That's beautiful suffering. There's so much beautiful Mm -hmm. suffering. Yeah, and I think the Lord shows us most profoundly on the cross about what it looks like, what you need to be patient, right? Because if you look at the crucifix and that's the end of the story, then of course you're not going to be patient with the Lord in the sense that, well what's there to have hope about. Right. But the Lord, he didn't raise five minutes after he died, 30 seconds after he died, he made everyone wait just like he made um, Mary and Martha wait for the raising of Lazarus. He made people wait for his, his raising of himself in his resurrection to show us there's work I'm doing in the waiting. You know, have you ever heard that uh, contemporary Christian song, um, While I'm Waiting? I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, so. well, I'll have to share it with you later. But there's a song about waiting, that in the waiting, 
you know, that we're still called to praise the Lord in the waiting. We're, we're called to trust in the Lord in the waiting. And the waiting helps us grow, as St. Paul says, in endurance. Yes, yes. And when you say that in waiting, there's two things that really stick out in mind is young women oftentimes waiting for their spouse to arrive on mm-hmm. the scene. But then there's also, you know, say married married women who um, perhaps their husbands are away from the church, have made some bad choices, and they're waiting for that lost sheep to come back mm-hmm. too. So there's a lot of patience and and suffering in that waiting, but in trusting in the Lord too, which I think that's a really big part of being able to um, grow in the virtues that we're talking about of patience, fortitude, is mm-hmm. um, just really that supernatural trust in the Lord. Um, that's what it takes. Yeah. Uh, what's coming to mind right now is uh, the book of Job. And, you know, what is such a great story of how a man who's righteous and holy is going through a lot of stuff that he does not understand, mm-hmm. you know, and the point that he gets to where he says, Lord, basically what is going on here? You know, this is all going totally awry in my life. I, you know, I tried to serve you. I love you in, in what is going on. And he cries out to the Lord, like, what? is going on. And the Lord is like, well, where were you when I made the heavens and the earth? Like, where were you when right. I put the stars in the sky? And, and so it, it sounds like a rebuff, but I think we should look at it in a different way. He answered his cry. He gave him understanding that his perspective is very limited compared to God's perspective, yes. you know? So it's not a rebuke, actually. It, it, is, it is an explanation where the Lord is saying to Job, I know you don't understand this right now. Why would you? Because you don't have the eternal perspective that I have. So just trust in me and I'll get you through this. And how does the story of Job end, right? He does get through it. He does continue to trust him. He doesn't despair. He, he stays faithful to the Lord. And he says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and the Lord restores unto him right. what was stolen, you know? And so when it comes to that place of struggling with God's timing, yes. struggling to be patient, I think there's two aspects of Job that we can take here. First one I, I want to speak to is it's okay to cry out to the Lord. In fact, the, the verse that comes to my mind now about that is in Revelation when the martyrs are under the altar of God and they're crying out to the Lord, how long, O Lord, until our blood is avenged? And the Lord says, not now. The full number, the fullness of your number must be obtained before that day. Hmm. And so basically, you know what he's saying to them in that verse? What are you saying? More people need to die. Oh, mercy. Before it'll be time for the end of time. Because more martyrs, what does that mean? More witnesses need to be to the world 
before I come in and call it, basically. Right, which is very similar to what we've just seen. Right. If you can talk about these innocent martyrs. I mean, yeah. 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 So how long, oh Lord? It's okay to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't get it. What are you up to? Why? Like, just how you were saying, like, in our, in your, when you're talking about Rosie, like, you were asking for a good and holy thing. And that question of why wouldn't you want a good and holy thing, Lord? Right? Right. And why wouldn't you want to have ended abortion, you know, a year after they made the 50 ruling? 50 years ago, yeah. You know, why, 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 Lord? It's okay to ask that question. I th- I find in spiritual direction, and, and maybe you can speak to it as well, Pam, is that because we know in our minds and our hearts we're supposed to trust the Lord and we're supposed to, like, um, not question him and supposed to, supposed to, supposed to, uh, you <laughs> so, know. So eloquent. Right. We sometimes stop being real with the Lord mm. about how we're really experiencing a situation. Right. I think that's so important, Megan. It's a good point. Um, I, I've experienced that, especially with everything I've gone through with my granddaughter is, you know, number one would say, you know, I don't I don't know the mind of God. So I want to put myself in my place. But at the same time, it's a it's OK for us to not understand. And that was a very big thing for me to keep coming up against was like, he's telling me I don't need to understand. I just need to trust but in my humanness and in my intellect, I like, I want to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I want to understand what's going on. But in fact, that could just be this little rabbit hole of more confusion and angst and stuff. So learning to let go of needing to understand what he's up to was a very vital part of patience. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking like, you know, as a mom, like say I needed to discipline my child about something or I needed to tell them no something they really, really wanted to do. And they were really, really upset about it. What if there's, what if there's an option where they could be really, really upset and just separate themselves from me and ice me out and not talk to me and, you know, slam the door in their room and just huddle in their room and whatever there, that's a choice. Right. But what if my child came to me with tears in his or her eyes and said, mom, I don't understand. This is hard. This hurts me that you've made this decision. I wanted this so badly. This, I was so excited about this, this, and I don't understand. What are you doing? Why would you do this? I would actually be so blessed that my child would come to me and want to know and, and share their heart with me so that then I could say to them, my child with love with comforting arms. Like I probably would even imagine myself if they would let me in there, even in their anger and frustration to bring them in my arms and say, I know this is hard for you. I'm sorry that I cannot give you the desire of your heart right now because I do delight in giving you the desire of my, of your heart. But this is why I can't give it to you right now. And you may not understand this right now, but I promise you, I'm doing it out of love for you and not because I want to hurt you. 
God wants to do that for us too, yes. but we, he can't do it for us if we won't allow ourselves to come to him with the pain and the frustration and the why, and then sit in his presence in prayer. So I think as we talk about patience with the Lord, don't think this is something you have to do on your own alone. Do it with him. Right. That's where I say to myself a hundred times a day, Lord, I can't do this without your grace. I mean, on my own strength, I, I can't have that kind of patience that was mm-hmm. necessary just to get by day to day during this trial with, with my granddaughter. But it's not without your grace, oh, Lord, not without your grace, you know. And, and I would go to the Blessed Mother, and I think that's a great place to always go when we are trying to be more patient with our circumstances that are difficult. There's so much difficulty out there. But we ask the Blessed Mother to, to pour um, graces on us, but also to receive graces that have been turned away, Megan. I just love mm-hmm. that notion the saints tell us that she's got many graces to give, but some of them are refused. So to ask for those yeah. graces that have been refused by others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really to good help point. increase in, in in the patience of what he's doing in our lives. Yeah, there's another um, verse that I thought was really powerful, and it's in a lesser known book of the Bible, <laughs> Habakkuk. Yeah, uh, and this is. Um, Chapter two, verse three, and it says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger. Wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. And that idea of the sense of an appointed time or, you know, you think of, you know, there is a time for everything under heaven, right? Mm-hmm. A time to laugh and a time to mourn, a time for war and a time for peace. And keeping that kind of in mind that it's not all random. I think that's that's one of the lies that the secular world wants to tell us. When you live in a world where everyone, where people are trying to say there's no creator, everything happens by random chance. Everything's, you know, just a throw of the dice or a flip of the evolutionary coin, that there's no mindfulness that orders the world, then of course it's going to be hard to be patient and wait on something because there's no sense that there's any order to any of it. It's all happenstance. It's all random. It's all whatever, right? But this speaks to there is an appointed time and place for things. Mm. There is a plan. A plan that's so beyond our knowing that we're not going to understand a lot of times how it all fits together. But he knows the plan. And it is a plan for good, as we hear, you know, as the famous verse, I know the plans I have for you. Yes. And so the question I think we can sometimes ask ourselves if we're struggling in circumstances to be patient with the Lord is do I really trust that God has a plan for my life and it is truly a plan for good. That is a deep place. A lot of times that you can find that you have areas where you really struggle to trust that. Yes. And I would also interject in that, you know, based on my own 
experience is that that type of deep trust ebbs and flows within my own heart. You know, there may be things and circumstances that are so hard and difficult that I start to say, Lord, do you truly want this for us? This doesn't add up to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it does. It ebbs and flows. Like so oftentimes I wish in the faith life that once we mastered a virtue that it stuck forever, but that's right. just not the case. It, as with trust, I mean, the only human we know to have had perfect trust was our blessed mother. So we can ask her, please help me with my trust. Right. And and in even her, who was sinless, still had times where she didn't understand. When we talked to when we were doing the rosary, uh, the joyful mysteries, and we talked about finding Christ in the temple. Exactly. And G- Mary says, why did you do this to us? Mm-hmm. She was a little impatient in a sense with what Jesus had decided to do because she didn't she didn't understand what he was about. Why was he doing that? Right. And so what does she do? What is our perfect example of living as non-divine creatures do? She goes to Jesus and says, what were you up to? Right. Talk to me. Should we do any different? No. No. Let's follow her example. Mm -hmm. Jesus, why have you done this to me? (laughs) Like, can you please explain? And he might say, well, did you not know that this needed to happen so that you could increase in this virtue or so that this soul could maybe come to, he may tell us, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just say, it's not for you to know right exactly. now. Exactly. That can be the answer yeah, sometimes. That can be an answer. And he's like, but then he's, the question is the same thing that St. Faustina revealed to us about Jesus as being central and so important to him. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And maybe that's the mantra when you're feeling the impatience with the Lord rise in you. That's sort of that gut check is like, am I trusting? Right. Right. You know, another thing I want to add in that I think goes so well with patience as as well is the surrender. You know, patience and surrender are, to me are just very so closely related. Like when you're going through a difficult circumstance, you can say, let me be patient with this Lord and help increase my patience. But there's a part of me, too, that just relaxes in the surrender of it. It's like, you know, I'm just going to let it be what it is because that's mm-hmm. what God wants it to be. So there's a that that helps me to claim my pa- my peace a little faster when i surrender it's like I, there's no fighting there right i'm not right, fighting yeah. to understand any longer i'm just surrendering to god's holy will at the moment right but the thing you don't have to surrender is the hope that he is doing good yes. in it and through it all that he can be you know and the hope that maybe you'll actually get to see it in this lifetime but even if you don't the promise is that you will see it in the yes. next when he gives, you know, the full vision of all that is. And, you know, I know we've talked about this before, you know, because I love to think about what it's going to be like, you know, to meet the Lord face to face and to receive the knowledge and the truth of, of our lives as they truly are. And maybe we'll get to see that in like an illumination of conscience. Oh, yes. I know. Nick and I are all about that. We'll have have to do a show about that. Yes, we will. But like to see how it all came together, how he weaved all these threads of the suffering and and the joys and and how he did bring all things to good, even when we didn't get to perceive it in in, in our human, uh, you know, our earthly life, you know, that day will be 
amazing to behold, and we yes. look forward to that day. Well, I'm so glad that you say that, uh, Megan. I think it just r- warrants repeating. Um, so oftentimes we are not going to see the fruit of even our prayers until um, the next life, which we cannot forget that, my brothers and sisters, that our prayers do matter. And just because we don't see them manifest in the natural world doesn't mean they don't manifest in the spiritual world. Mm, so always absolutely. really keep that in mind when you're talking about prayer, because I have a lot of people very dear to my heart that get frustrated with unanswered prayers. And we just don't know how God is answering th- these good prayers. Yeah, it could be sure. after. Yeah, absolutely. Our last breath. So we're we're right up about on the time that we wanted to finish up, but I did want to finish with with one verse. Well, it's a couple verses actually, but is it one or two? It doesn't really matter. But it's in Second Peter. Okay, three eight. It might be three eight and nine. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) You can look it up in your Bible after you listen. But I think it's a really good way to sort of just wrap it up on this topic. It says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. So, you know, sometimes when we think, you know, we're being impatient with the Lord, he's actually there being very patient with us. And what we think of as slow to him, it could be lightning fast. And what we think happens quickly to him could have been, you know, in preparation for millennia. We don't know, (laughs) but he knows. He knows. Amen. And he loves us, just like we said, even unto death. And he will continue to loving us in every circumstance of our lives. And when we are patient, we will see the goodness of the Lord. And on this momentous day, my brothers and sisters, this, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, let us give thanks to God because he is so good in his providence. Amen. And until next time, let's stay united in prayer. God bless. God bless.